Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and today I have a hand from you from a $1,000 buy-in World Series of Poker event. The blinds are 50-100, and a tight player under the gun, I'm sorry, second position, raises to 250 out of his 8,000 chip stack. The player in the low jack seat, another tight player, calls. And I find Ace of Diamonds, King of Clubs on the button. This is a spot where I typically raise... But against two tight players, you could conceivably just call. But in general, I'm going to be raising. If I raise, I usually raise to a little bit less than the size of the pot. A pot size raise here would be about 1300 So a little bit less than that would be around 1200 or so. But with my best hands, and Ace-King does certainly quantify as a best hand, I'm a little bit more inclined to make a smaller raise because I don't really care if my opponents stick around. And also... As you start to raise larger, you may induce your opponents to fold out hands like ace-jack and ace-ten, especially if they're tight. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep those players in the pot, and I think the best way to go about doing that is to raise a little bit smaller, maybe something like 800. So I do raise to 700, even smaller. I think that's probably a touch too small, but still fine. And both players call. You'll hear a lot of amateur players talk about how they really don't want to see a flop with ace-king, or they really want to see a heads-up flop with ace-king. And this fear comes from the idea that the only that it, it, a lot of these players think they are trying to get all in, or they're trying to win a small pot. They don't really recognize that you are allowed to win a medium-sized pot. That is a possibility. Also, my opponent's ranges in this spot are going to be a lot of small and medium pairs, which are frequently going to fold by the river if I go bet, bet, bet. And a lot of big cards, which are in pretty bad shape versus ace-king. So this is a great scenario for me, even though we are three ways. You also have to realize, we're putting in a third of the money pre-flop, and I guarantee we're going to win this pot way more than a third of the time. So the flop comes 6-6-4, six, six, two hearts. I have no hearts. Both players check to me. I suppose I should mention the caller has 12,300 chips behind. I decide to bet 900 into the 2100 pot. And only the initial caller calls. So when that player calls the flop continuation bet, his range is likely middle pairs, random sixes, like 7-6, seven, a 4, like 5-4 or ace-4, although I do have the ace in my hand, making it more difficult for him to have an ace in his hand, and marginal over pairs, like 7s, 8s, 9s, 10s. So keeping that in mind, we will move forward. Turn is a 9. He checks the turn, and the pot's now 4,050 chips. I have, Well, he has 11,400 behind. This is a scenario where you either need to give up immediately, or you need to be bet the turn and be willing to bet again on the river. A lot of amateur players make the mistake of only betting the flop and the turn, electing to give up whenever the, they fail to improve on the river. And this actually could be an okay spot to check behind main, on the river, mainly because we have ace-king high, which beats a lot of the draws. But you'll find a lot of players will stick around for one more bet here with a one-pair hand. Obviously, you're not counting the fours on the board. So you really want to do everything you can to get your opponent off of those one-pair hands. So my opponent checks. I bet 2300 into the 4,000 pot. And if he sticks around, we're probably going to get after it on the river. He does call. Pot is now 8,650, and the river is the two of hearts, completing the flush. And my opponent checks. In general, you'll find that most tight players will 
lead into the initial better when they complete their obvious draw on the river. And the reason for that is is because they expect you to check behind and give up whenever you have a marginal made hand. So they think the only way to get value is to lead. They don't really fathom the fact that you could have a, bless, a busted draw or just some sort of a stone bluff. So they're not really concerned with letting you bluff. They, more, they are more so concerned with trying to get value. So when a tight player checks in the spot, it's usually a reasonable indication that you are not against a flush. So if we're not against a flush, is there any bet we can make to make our opponents fold one pair of hands? And I think there is. I don't think it's a small bet. I think if we bet something like 3,000, our opponent's going to snap us off all day. Instead, I think a large bet will get the job done. And what is a large bet into an 8,600 pot? It's either something like 6,000 or it's all in. And especially in World Series of Poker events, I think people really do not want to go broke. I think they're willing to call off almost all of their chips because that doesn't make them broke. They still get to see a few more hands. But they really don't want to call off in a spot where they will look really dumb, at least in their minds, if they're wrong. So this is a scenario where I really like going all in. We're going in for a touch more than the size of the pot. If you remember back to the previous episode, I said that you don't want to go all in for more than the size of the pot when you have a value hand because people fold pretty often. So I definitely like this bluff a lot. And sure enough, this time my opponent does fold. I have no clue what he folded, but I imagine it was some sort of marginal pair. If you get the vibe whenever you're playing live poker that your opponent did pick up a flush on the river and just is checking, maybe you see him perk up a little bit. Maybe you see him look happy. Maybe you see him getting excited as you're counting out your chips, something like that. Then don't be afraid to abandon your bluff. A lot of the skill in live poker is making reads and using those reads to adjust your strategy one way or the other. And if you get the vibe that your opponent's really unhappy with this two of hearts river completing the flush, you should certainly go for it. So in this spot, I did pull the trigger and we pick up the nice pot. This play may appear a little bit crazy, but if you want to get a hold of chips in tournaments, sometimes you have to do slightly optimistic things. That's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand, episode number 102. If you have any questions, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Jonathan Little. Also, if you like Weekly Poker Hand, I strongly suggest you check out my interactive poker learning site over at pokercoaching.com. The students there have been learning a ton, and if you want to learn more about poker and you want to have an experience, hand quizzes and homework questions, kind of like we do here at Weekly Poker Hand, I strongly suggest you check it out at pokercoaching.com. Thanks for being here this week. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next time.